welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. Bam! There we are. That was an abrupt ending. I wish we could tie the music over to talk to our uh, production department. See if that's something that they can do. Good evening, everyone. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good night. My name is C.J. Reynolds, and I run... This here YouTube channel called Real Rap with Reynolds. Real Rap meaning what my students refer to when they talk about they're having a real talk. So if they have to, you know, I took this idea from them. They if they come back to my desk and they tell everyone they have to step away and they say because they need to have real rap with Reynolds real quick. So that's that's where we're coming from. Uh, I'm not a rapper. It's not a skill set that I possess. So what we're doing here is on Sundays, even when we have Monday off here in the United States for Labor Day. Uh, we are, which only John Lopez knows exactly what Labor Day is anyway, but we are um, trying to show up with one another as a community to help meet each other's needs, right? So the idea here is that it is, it's hard to be a, a teacher. And I'm telling you, I am, I didn't even start yet. Students are going to come back till Tuesday. I don't see an actual student to my knowledge until Friday, because um, they switched the schedule around and we have freshmen come back on Friday now instead of typically, historically, it's been like the first day. But um, I just from being in school, from running up and down steps and down hallways, and up and down ladders and getting things done. And I am exhausted. I chilled most of the day yesterday. And I'm not like a movie in the afternoon kind of guy. Um, but I definitely did watch uh, Shooter starring Mark Wahlberg yesterday in the afternoon. I highly recommend it if you've not watched it. The TV show is really good, too. So that's the idea. Um, not sure how many people are going to be on here today because we have off tomorrow. But um, we're going to we're going to get after it anyway, because I feel like, you know, that you people might need it. So that's what we show up for. We don't show up because there's a whole bunch of people on here. We show up because people are on here. So if you are interested in any. That was weird. If you have no idea what the hell we're doing on here, um, you can shoot over to realrapwithreynolds.com and you can find everything there. Like if you want to have me come speak at your school, if you're uh, looking for one-on-one -on -one mentoring, if you're looking for free resources, of which we don't have a lot, but that's the next thing that we're working on right now is more resources. Anyway, all that stuff exists over there. And um, that's where you can, you can get down with it over there. So you ready? Yeah, you ready? I think I'm ready, ma'am. All right, good, because our first question comes I got from coffee, Jane. so that's 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 how we roll in today. <laughs> All right, Jane is asking, how do you go about grading essays so that you are not spending hours and hours at night oh, yeah. and on the weekends? All right, so I, this is a great question. That's a great profile picture, too, Jane. Um, I would say there's two things you have to look at when you're thinking about this. One is it is simplifying what you're grading for. So I usually use, typically use like a very simple rubric or I use something that is, um, or I use a lot of shorthand or I'm grading for only a handful of things. So even if I'm grading like a traditional, like five paragraph essay, I'm not grading for every single thing imaginable, right? It is like in this essay, what am I looking for? Am I looking for Like it's always spelling because that still drives me crazy in sentence completion and like things like subject verb agreement, things of that nature, like that are in every essay. But if I'm, if we're working on transitions, um, I'm looking for those pieces at the beginning, end of a paragraph. If I'm looking for your use of like statistics or backup evidence, or did you support your claim with something from the text? Like, then I'm mainly looking at that. I'm not so much looking at all the other stuff and that is going to really simplify your grading process from the jump. Um, so it's it's figuring out what you're grading for and not grading for all of the things. I find that it's so much better. Um, look, and this is this is me. There's going to be different people with different views on, on this situation. But for me, I think learning is so much better when we go simple and deep instead of wide and complex. When we do that, what I'm talking about there is like, so let's say you're uh, reading a book and, th and this could be any grade. This could be elementary school, middle school or high school, or college even. But if you are doing, you have a certain text 
And in that text, you want to talk about like conflict or you want to talk about character development. I think it's better to just do conflict or character development. And that's the main thing through the whole book. Instead of we're going to talk about plot development and imagery and metaphor and simile. And um, we're going to talk about like uh, symbolism and trying to pack too much in leaves you just dabbling in stuff. I think it's it's better for students to to go deeper, which is the same reason I only give like five vocab words a week and then those add on. So the next week there's five more and then five more and then five more, but we are going simple and deep on what we're doing instead of dabbling. The other thing I think that's important here is look, like whether you're doing essays all weekend or you're grading math papers or science projects or, you know, whatever it is, I think it's about being very clear on what your values are. And this is something that like, I have values. I've always had values, but I've never wrote them. Is the dog dreaming or something? He's just snoring. Oh, all right. Um, so, you know, when your dog dreams and you're like, <laughs> so it's so bizarre. Uh, so I, what I'm feeling about that is that in just in this last like season of my life, I have really started looking at um, my values and, and outlining those. So some of those are one is my faith. That is my number one value on. So like that means that like almost never do I go through a day where I don't pray or meditate or, or something of that nature. Like I have to connect to something bigger than myself. Um, then it's me. I'm my number one priority in my life. Uh, that's because if I, because everybody else in my life is going to live out of the overflow of my love and connection for myself. The other thing is that it's my family, right? So it goes faith, me, my family. It's my wife, then my kids. My wife never benefits from the over the overflow of love that I have for my children, but my children always benefit from the overflow of love that I have with my wife. So it's focusing on us first, then the kids, then it's school. Right. And then it's real rap with Reynolds. And then I have a couple of other things on there too, like friends and, and things of that nature. But it, when we, when we remember that we are the priority, we don't end up overworking as much, or you make sure that you're doing you first. And if there's time for work, then there's time for work. But, you know, I, I just think that it is, it's, it's creating boundaries within yourself and not just saying when you're not going to do stuff, it's saying when you're going to do stuff. So it's like Saturdays, I don't do any, I try to do no work at all anymore. It is a Sabbath for me. I don't do schoolwork. I don't work on, um, I'm not on social media. I try not to do like, it's a total mental off day. That means I'm spending time with my wife and kids. It means I'm playing, I played a lot of video games yesterday. I mm -hmm. spent time in my garden yesterday. Um, I took my dog for a walk. I think I took my dog for a walk yesterday. I can't remember. It was a long I day. Yeah. Oh. I thought about taking my dog for a walk yesterday. <laughs> so it's, I think once we have those values in line, it helps us to check ourselves, not to just say that I'm not doing this today, but to say I'm doing this other thing first, or this is how I'm spending my day. Well, that's a good way. That's part of the question for Stephanie Shook. Let's go. She's asking, how do you get motivated to start the new year? I'm usually the creative one out of our <sighs> PLC, but I'm struggling to get excited for this year. I really think it's just being overwhelmed and tired. Yeah, uh, I think so too. Um, so how am I, how, so let, let's talk about like, I, I, I'm my only example, right? For me, there's so much newness this year. So I talked to everyone about like, we have all new admin this year from like leader of special ed to the CEO, to the principal, to the vice principal, to the head of curriculum, um, to my grade level chair. It is like, it's new down the line. The only thing that is the same is my English department chair, but like, two thirds of our English department is brand new. There's only three of us that have returned. Um, so that being said, it's like, there's so much newness and there's so much new, like there like all these new initiatives and stuff people want you to do and all that stuff. So Steph, I think it's a couple of things. One is um, I have to pour into myself first and it's about fit. And I've said this a thousand times, but it's about not, not just chilling. So I am, I did chill all day yesterday but it's what am I doing that's pouring into me? Um, and so I have to make sure that I'm doing that. So that's the reason I get up early in the morning, right? That's the reason 
that I don't watch. I only watch certain shows or movies or listen to certain music. Um, and not because I think it's going to neatly like I'm not someone that like thinks if you watch like certain kinds of movies or TV shows like they they infect you in a negative way. But I just want things that I'm going to like feel that make me feel good, that make me feel happy. Um, if a show gets too depressing, I stop watching it because that's not the last thing I want to watch at night is like something that's depressing. And my wife could like a like. You do. This? You don't watch anything that messes with your you because you're but you know who you are. You're a thinker, like and a deep thinker about yeah, things. So I'm real I am not, about things. I'm real surface. So for me, I can watch something really terrible and just put it out of my mind and move on. Like what's so, the show with the girl from Mad Men that you loved? You wanted me to watch? They're like yeah. servants and like they oh, just Oh handmaid's too. Yeah, I'm just like I this did, is I like it's not happy. I'm not watching this show, man. I'm watching <laughs> Ted Lasso instead. That's all I'm gonna watch. So that that's one thing. I think the other thing, Steph, is that um, we, I think, t look, I'm going to say this. Quite often, admin, even at their best, right, they forget what how much time a teacher has in a given day. So you are given all these tasks and, and routines and new procedures and things that we're going to do to, like, enhance the student experience. But sometimes those that advice, those those things that we're given to do or whatever, uh, those new tasks are too overwhelming. It's like too much stuff for a given day because I don't I don't know when we got there, right? I, I don't know. This is far beyond like when I came on the scene as a teacher, but we somewhere got into this place where like teachers were expected to work 24 seven. And even if we don't say that, and we can tell teachers that there's, you have to take self-care, you have to make sure you take care of yourself, blah, blah, blah. But then it's like, your actions aren't matching with your words. So like we're given all of this work and then we're told, don't kill yourself though. And it's like the only way to reach this is to basically work myself to death. So for me, it is when I'm going in next week, my room is still not ready. We were given like very, very minimal time to work on our not room. Not even rooms. a day. No, not even a whole day. We were <laughs> given, we're, we, they've changed the hours that we're allowed in the school. I'm not allowed in the school whenever I want anymore. So like typically I would have gone in today and worked on my room. Um, but like that it, it is, it is how are we going to um, meet the needs that the school has for us? And here's my answer to that. We're not, we're not going to do all the stuff that we're told to do. So what I'm thinking about next week is, what do I need to have done and ready in my classroom for kids to come in? What um, what are the the crucial things, actually like really important, not just someone's theory or or something like that? Things that need to be done for next week. So like IEPs need to be looked at. They that, those documents need to be signed. That is of an utter actual importance to me next week. Um, it is meeting kids and helping them to feel good about the year and helping them to feel like more like to assimilate back into being in school since we've been out of school since March of 2020. It is, those are some of the things I'm really looking at. Like I need to have my syllabus together. I need to have my opening day PowerPoint together. Like these are things that are actually important. All the other stuff, no matter how important everyone tells you to do, it is to do. It's just not that important. Um, and so, but, but where I'm coming from with that is that I'm not not doing that out of laziness or out of like I'm not like just being apathetic or angry at administration or something like that. It's like the all these things can't happen. Um, and these are the things that can happen. That's what I do. And then I just don't worry about it. And I just tell people, hey, there wasn't enough time. I was doing this and and I was getting this ready. Uh, so and I think that's OK. Um, but I just won't I just won't kill myself for for this, the job's very important, but it's not imp more important than my own well-being. So, yeah. Absolutely. Got it. All right. Uh, Jose is asking. Jose's profile picture is uh, is like a meme for how teachers are feeling right now. <laughs> how do you deal with students who are numb to consequences, aka brag about phone calls home and lunch detention? Um. Look. What, what what's happening there is that kids are when kids do that kind of stuff, like, like, I don't care. I don't care. Go ahead. Call my mom. I don't care. Oh, you called my mom last night. I don't even care about that. Um, nothing happened. It is, it's a flex, right? That's all you're dealing with is like someone that wants to gain power. You're talking about like young people have no power in their lives. Like they largely have no power over anything. 
And as you're growing, you want to have power over things, which is, I think, why we see kids like dye their hair purple when they're teenagers or have mohawks or like wear really like make questionable like dressing decisions. Um, and I lived through all of that stuff. I did all of that listening to music that uh, even in retrospect, I'll go back and listen to some of the music I used to. And I'm like, man, this is very good, but certainly did like annoy everyone around me or people didn't like it. But I'm like, why is everyone screaming all the time? So um, I actually heard Ad Rock from the Beastie Boys say that he like hadn't listened to a Beastie Boys song in a long time and Sabotage came on before he did an interview. And he's like, why did I scream? Like I was always screaming when I was younger. <laughs> um, so it's, it is, what I think you have to do is that the mind shift for the teacher anyway, the kids are going to access, access this, how they're going to access it. I would still communicate what I'm about to say to you to them, but it is a shift between, I don't kick kids out because, because they're bad or because it's like, oh, you're not being good. I'm going to kick you out of my class. I'm not calling home because I'm trying to get you in trouble. I'm not, you don't get detention even with me because I'm going to make you like, it's not like uh, punitive. I'm not, this isn't like jail and you're going to sit here and be quiet at your desk because you didn't comply to the rules earlier. What I'm doing these things for is because I want you to have success. And look, I've used this example a lot. This isn't like a Chris Brown punching Rihanna and kind of a thing. It's like, I just love you so much that I just have to, I just rage out sometimes. Like, I'm, this isn't like an abusive relationship kind of a thing. It, what I'm talking about here is that um, kids need to know that I only want you to be successful. And so why would I remove a student from class? Do I remove students from class? Hell yeah, I do it all the time. Why do I do it? One, because I can't have this conversation with you right now. So I don't just kick you out. I put you in the hallway either because I want to have a conversation with you and remove the audience so we can have a real talk about what's going on in class or what I'm perceiving is going on in class. Um, that's one. Two, because you're not the only person in here. There are a host of other learners in our classroom. So if I have a, a class of 30, that means there's 29 other kids in here that are not finding success because you're acting out, talking, throwing things, doing something you're not supposed to or whatever. Um, so right now, I need to remove you so that I can teach the 29. Now, what happens when I can't make it into the hallway? I typically text someone at my school. There's a whole thing we're supposed to do. I don't do it. I text the people that I know that are like are solid. And I ask them to come down. Hey, look, so-and-so is like acting out. They're acting a fool. They're falling asleep. They're um, talking back. They're cursing. They're being violent, whatever it is. Can you, can you touch base with them real quick? I have no intention of that child leaving forever. If they can get it together and they realize what's going on and we can get to the bottom of something, then have them come in by all means. That I'm here for you. I'm not here. This is I'm not teaching because I like English as much as I'm teaching because I want kids to be successful in what in what we're doing. So if it's calling home, I'm not calling home to give a bad report so that you get your Xbox taken away and your mom took your TV out of your out of your bedroom, but you don't even care because you have one in the basement. You're gonna play it down there anyway. And she forgot it. she doesn't go down there and she forgot you have a PS5 down there, whatever it is. I'm calling home because I'm concerned and I want your parent to know because I'm trying to get to the bottom of what's going on. I'm seeing if there's like a reason that you're acting the way that you're acting, which is the whole reason I talk to you. The whole reason I have someone else talk to you. It's never about, it's not about an excuse for what you're doing, but there are reasons for things that kids are going through and adults still do this, right? Like, like I, this morning, this morning, I am trying to we're still doing church on tv I'm trying to do church on tv my daughter knows that you're not supposed to play minecraft while you're doing church like while we're doing that because she yells into the headphones like every single kid in the whole world just yells like no one else is around so i get pissed off and i like go to another room to go finish watching what i'm doing because i didn't want i knew what i had to do i knew the better steps in dealing with this but in the moment it was about recognizing that like like so my anger came from not knowing how to deal appropriately with the situation in front of me. And children do this all the time. It's not you, has nothing to do with your class very often, but it is I don't know what to do with the anger, with the frustration, with the depression, with the hurt that I feel inside. So I'm going to do this other thing. And that I think that is worth thinking about. And, and knowing that when you even are communicating with a kid, I'll, this is the last part I'll say, I know this is a long answer. When you're communicating with a child, it is, I'm not doing this because I don't like you. I'm doing this because I want you to find success and you're not finding success in what we're doing right now. So we need to figure that out. 
um, and help you out with that. And I think that that shift, it changes everything. It changes the way you think about it, the way you, you communicate about it, the way you deal with kids and parents and admin and all that sort of thing. Next on, question comes from Jacob. Any advice to help students who get quarantined for up to two weeks and getting them caught up when they return? Some students work while they are out, but many treat it like vacation and do nothing. Uh, you know, this, this is a tough question. I think, you know, Jacob, the reason that this is difficult is that some kids are going to go home and they're going to be like actually sick uh, or they're going to be like knocked like they're going to be like down and out for however long other kids are not other kids feel good enough and they're going to just play playstation for two weeks i just think that we're in a curious place in our in education right now and, and in the world and so these are things we're just going to have to sort of roll with the way that i would probably do it is if you're what i typically do is if you're out if you're sick you have as many days as you missed to make up what you need to make up. Um, I'm also not against like, look, I had a kid one time and I, I think I've talked about, no, I have I've talked about this before. I had a kid one time, Kenyatta uh, and Kenyatta uh, had a skateboarding accident where he, and he is the, he's the, he's the size child that should not be skateboarding. He's like very, like, he's like a big jack skateboarder, right? So he falls off a skateboard goes headfirst into the side of a car and he's out for a month. Major concussion, all this stuff. So I'm asked what kind of work I'm, I want to give him while he's out. And I'm thinking he has a concussion. What am I, I teach English. What am I going to do? Have him listen to like, like, like read little tiny words. So I just forgive all of the work. I put in his excuse for the entire month. And there were other teachers that got really aggravated with this because they were giving work and they felt some type of way that I wasn't giving work. Like I was letting him get away with something. And I would say this, kids aren't getting away with anything. We're living through very unique times. So what I would do is if someone's out and they come back, minimize the amount of work that they have to do that you can't do everything anyway, because that's why you're in school, because you have to go through the stuff, excuse them from the stuff that they missed and know that life will, life will balance it out at some point. Like kids aren't going to win in life because of this, because they took a two week break because they had COVID. Um, they'll come back and then we'll get, back on on the horse when we when we get back to school uh so i think it's about having grace not trying to catch kids in lies having zero interest in like whether or not you were really sick or not so sick or what you were doing with your time off it is just having grace for kids and then what that's going to do that that allows you to not get yourself worked up about it either that there's something about like when we're trying to catch kids when we're trying to like you know i know they're up to something and i'm going to catch them one of these days like I do that sort of thing. I, I, I have done it. And it's so exhausting that it's so much easier to just say, like, no, let's just figure out a way for you to find success. Um, so maybe that's doing less work or something of that nature. But that's how I would roll that out. That is a tricky okay. thing, though. Um, next question comes from Ivan. How do you maximize short periods for subjects that require lots of activities? Uh, so... What I want to do is max. So I want to maximize the, the, the time in the class. Right. So which is actually the word that you use. So in doing that, um, I want to systematize every single thing that I do in the class. So someone asked me yesterday, I was on a phone call with someone. They said, um, like, how do I I only have 45 minutes or whatever in the class, but like it takes 10 minutes to get into the lesson, to get the kids situated, to get them all their stuff, to get them ready. And I thought, well, that's part of the problem is that it shouldn't. That when my kids come in, it's first of all, it's the same thing every day. Like we start class basically the same way, unless there's like an event, right? Unless I'm doing something like that's kind of spectacular. I want them to come in and enter in the same way because it's going to allow me to fast track how we're we're going about this. So I want to know um, it's it's kind of like you're coming in, you're shaking my hand you are sitting down what is you need to be doing is on the board so for this year you're opening up your laptop you have only that thing open and you have to get it finished in the first five minutes so not only am i already set up before the first 10 minutes of class i'm not only set up I, i'm already done my first thing my first thing that i want to do then i think it's creating a class in which the transitions are smooth and they are the same kind of transition all the time so even if you're not moving 
to the same stations. You're not moving to the same kind of work every day or like, so I'm not doing like vocab to journal to reading every day, but um, I could go from vocab to reading, but it's the same sort of transition. And those for me look like they're timed all the time. So look, all right, next, I need you to get your book out. We're on page 32. Uh, you have 30 seconds to make this happen. When 30 seconds gets down, I go, all right, we have 15 seconds to happen. So I'm watching kids, making sure everyone's moving and make sure everyone's doing their stuff. Then in the last five seconds, all right, you have five, four, three. If everyone's book is not out or it's a kid with 97 things in their backpack and it takes them a little bit longer, so be it. But I'm going to start like setting this next part up. Um, so I think that's important. So I time everything and everything the transitions are always the same and it's systematized as much as possible. So even when I had uh, kids that were doing journals in my class, I had a uh, like a crate, a milk crate with everyone's journal in it. And so the kids that were giving them out every day was the same two kids. They come in the class, they grab the milk crates, they hand the journals out to everyone that they belong to. And then that's done before class even starts. But it's because I systematized it as opposed to having kids go up and the system is, we're all going to go to the same milk crate and try and pull stuff out. And then I got to find a pen and I don't have a pen. Does anyone have a pen? You have a pen, Mr. Rounds, you have a pen. Um, and then I have, and then I'm going to go through this whole long speech and lecture about how you have to bring a pen to class and you're not going to show up to my class without a pen and all this nonsense. Like, yeah, I have a pen for you. You already know where they are. Grab one out of the drawer and then sit back down. It's, it is having like a well-oiled machine to move you through some of the things uh, is going to help you maximize the, the time and space in class. I don't know who your solar girl is, but she has said, oh, do you go to Change Church too? I'm like, yeah. I do. How do you know I go to, did I, did <laughs> I, I reference know. something? I don't know. Yes, I do go to Change Church. Um, awesome. Okay, you ready for the next question? What did I say that? I don't know. You said our church is online. I don't no. recall you saying change, she but whatever. It. All right, our she next question is coming from Piano Boy. Uh, question one, how are you, CJ? And then two, what is your what is your routine at the end of the school day to organize slash clean your room and prepare for the next day? So one, I am I'm overall great. Uh, I'm very tired. Last week I had uh, I, we started professional development Monday and Tuesday. Tuesday, I let, leave school, came home, grabbed my suitcase, drive, drove six and a half hours to Olean, New York, um, spoke at their district. Uh, then if you don't know, East coast had all the effects from Ida. So there were many, many tornadoes near our house. So we drove home flooding. through the hurricane and through her tornado warnings, six and a half hours in the worst. It was, terrible. it was the worst weather I've ever driven through in my life. Like bar none. Um, then got home, couldn't even get out of my car for like 10, 15 minutes. Cause it was raining so hard. My wife couldn't get out her side of, or she would have had water. Like, you know, I, it was damn near at the bottom of the car. I, my whole shoe. Yeah. <laughs> went in under so then puddle. got home, didn't go to bed till like midnight, got up, had to go back to school again the next day. And, and it's, been, um, a long it's week. been, I'm so tired because of it. So I'm overall, not used to it. I think I'm not, I'm not. And it's like first day back at training camp or something right. like that. Um, to get ready for the next day. I, this is such a good question because I, you know, where I'd like to be, for those of you that don't know, when I leave at the end of the day, I do this little quick, quick routine where I turn around while I'm standing at my door. I look at my room and I think, is this what I want to walk into tomorrow? Because um, I don't want to walk into something that's a mess. I want to walk and it doesn't have to be perfect, but I want like, uh, here's a trick that my wife taught me. If, you, if you're having people over your house and your house is a mess, make sure surfaces are cleared. That's it. Like, that, like, even if you just do that, your house doesn't look messy. So your dining room table is cleared. The buffet is cleared off. The top of the piano is cleared off. Um, there's not, like, crap mounted on the steps. Uh, the kitchen counter, like, you could not clean your kitchen, but as long as, like, all of your dishes are either in the sink or in the dishwasher, it gives the illusion of being more organized. And so that's something that I look at. Um, this year is a little tricky because we just found out that I have to do three days after school week of clubs and those clubs go from about 3 15 to four o'clock the end of my school day is at four o'clock um so initially i planned on leaving at four so i think what i'm going to end up doing is doing my club club ends 10 minutes early students have jobs after school that they help me get my classroom organized and ready for the next day and then at four o'clock i walk out the door and i don't have to do anything else um so i think that's 
what I'm looking at. Um, and I try to help the cleaning crew. I do a live, there's a lot of confetti and glitter and stickers and weird crap in my room at any given moment. So I try to make sure that all those big items are like picked up off the floor and cleaned up. I don't want to leave my mess for anyone else. So that's, that's kind of how I look at that. Stephanie Shook said, uh, you're required by your school. Yep. Not only am I required, Lots of all students requirements this year. Yeah. So you have to have a club. It's the same kids every day after school for three days a week. Um, and kids are mandated to be a part of a club, which means you have a whole bunch of kids in your club that have zero interest in what you're doing. And that makes no sense to me. That's like, that's like mandating that kids like join the football team. But what if you don't like football? Like what if you were me growing up and you're like skinnier than dead model and they stick you on right field for enough years that you're like, I don't think sports is my jam. I think I'm going to do music instead. Um, so they have like these mandated clubs and uh, it's not a good idea, but it's what we're doing. <laughs> All right. Chloe is asking how to stay caught up with lesson planning. I'm a first year teacher with mostly new classes. So I feel like I can never be caught up. Yeah. So Chloe, this is what I would do is one, don't recreate the wheel, re uh, reimagine it. Um, so maybe that looks like somebody else has lesson plans in your, in your school and you're going to partially use them. Maybe you're going to go online and, and buy stuff or find stuff for free. Um, if you do that, I would just be real careful. You know, a lot of people don't like teachers pay teachers. I don't, I don't overall have an issue at all with TPT, but I think it is, are you being smart about where you're getting stuff from? So like vetting the, who it's coming from and making sure that's an actual teacher that they've actually done this before, that there's like, there, that's important to me. It's not just looking good, but it's like, are, is your, are your materials good? Um, I haven't had to do a lesson plan in over a decade. This year, they've reinstituted lesson plans. So I have to do lesson plans. Um, so my way around that is I know all the stuff that I do, right? I don't have to re, I don't have to come up with things to do. I just have to like put it on a document and then submit it. Um, I am working with two other, maybe three other teachers every week. We're going to meet in our, my room on like a certain day during a prep. And we're just going to do lesson plans together. So it's like the other ninth grade English teachers aren't doing something like you can do something that's different for me, but the bones will be the same. So like the, like the core curriculum standard, the objectives, um, the text that we're reading, the worksheets or, or, or activities that we're doing will be the same, but how I'm going to do that is going to be different because that that's where I'm sprinkling in the magic. That's where I'm sprinkling in the authenticity. So the, the reason we do that is that one, we're all working together. Two, it's going to maximize our time. Three, people that are fast at typing, like I'm not a, I'm not a fast typer. I'm, I'm the thinker. I'm the planner. I, I come up with ideas. But my friend Kayla, who's my co-teacher, she can like type stuff out really well. And she knows how to word it so that because she's in sped too. So she's just like really good at, um, I feel like all of my friends in, in the special education department are good at like at using like a certain type of language to be able to communicate uh, what's happening, like that sort of like um, academic language. Um, and that just happens faster for her. So we are, we're working together as a team. And I'm here's the key. I'm not doing it when I'm not in school. Like I'm not doing it on the weekends and I'm not doing it after school. I'm doing it during school hours, during a prep with friends. So now already, we only have 45 to 50 minutes to do this. So it's like we go in and it's we're not talking. We're not talking about the day or how you feel. And it's like, all right, we have lesson plans to do. We have 45 minutes to get them done so that we're free for the week. Bam, get it done. And then that's how we're going to roll that out. Uh, Never Hopeless by Elizabeth said, but what if your school is recreating the wheel and mandating your lesson plans are turned in about four different ways and put on the school site for parents? Um. She said, our ad, our admin wants, and I will model it this way. That's terrible. Gosh. It is. It's That's a terrible idea, but she already knows that. Um, I don't think personally, I don't think I would say at a school that it was that. Yeah, but, all right, but that's, that's too much to do because you don't know where people are coming from or sure, like are, are there other job opportunities. I mean, English teachers are a dime a dozen. Um, I don't. It wasn't I'm, a question. It was just a no, no. But it's a good point. Um, what I would do is here. So here's here's how I roll every every year. <laughs> so I would quit that if it was required. No. So <laughs> I, I think look. 
but I, but even that, right. So like my initial thing is, look, if you, if you can change schools, like if your school's real bad, like I just wouldn't like, and you have the ability to change, then I would consider doing it. Um, a lot of times teachers think that they're the problem and it's not, it's these, all the policies and procedures and routines and the things that the school is doing that are just not a good move. And so you have to think about, would I be a better fit at another school? I've also seen teachers teach at my school and they are not uniquely cut out for the work that we're doing. And that's okay because maybe that's not where you're supposed to be. And then I've seen many, many teachers go from um, a school, like go from my school to like a much, much different school. And they just, it's easier. Like they just, they get like that. It's a better fit, right? And it's sort of like saying like, I'm not saying that like, and because I think teachers beat themselves up that they're like, oh, if I can't teach anywhere, then I'm not a good teacher. No, I have a great marriage, but that's, I can't say that would be the truth if I was married to anyone. They can't just like, I couldn't just like go out on the street and meet someone. I'm like, we can make this work. We're going to make it happen. It has to be a willing partnership between the two. So if, if that's your case and you can think about possibly doing something else that I think it's okay and, and, you know, kids everywhere need good teachers. And so it's about finding something that's a unique and right fit for you. With regards to the lesson plans, I do want to say real quick that, um, look, part of me, I just say, I don't, I don't do it. Like I just, there's certain things I just don't do. Now, some people don't have that option for that. I like whenever we have a faculty meeting, there's always a meeting after the meeting. Like if maybe you don't know this, maybe you're not in on it, but there are always some group of teachers that stay after the meeting to talk about how are we really going to do this? Or, okay, we're there, we need, this is the new necessary thing we have to do. We know we're not going to get out of not doing it. Um, how are we going to work on this? And you will always find partners when you're looking for that. So even if you don't know if that meeting's existing, find the people that you get down with and say, how are we figuring this out together? And then figuring out it out together. So like, how are we going to write lesson plans together? How are we going to do this unit plan together? How are we going to run this PLC? And even though our PLC meeting is actually trash, how are we going to like, what's the post PLC meeting look like when we're actually doing the work? Um, there are, you know, one of my favorite things to ask in an IEP meeting um, is after all sort of the clinical questions get asked and, and things are said, and, and it's like, we did all the things that we have to say by law. It's, when they always at the end, when they go, does anyone have anything else that they want to say or, or ask? Oh, yes, I have two questions, please, real quick. I'm just wondering, mom, dad, grandma, um, what is, uh, what's something about your child that you wish we knew about that the that the paperwork's not going to show? Um, and then I always ask, what was their favorite class and what was their least favorite class? And what that's doing is th there's nothing wrong with all of the, the other stuff that they did, all the tests and all the, res the responses and all those sorts of things, test results. But it is what's the human element to that? So it's about finding your your people in your school and then working with them to do stuff. And look, I'm going to offer I know I want to get the next question. I have an even better idea if that doesn't work, if that doesn't work, go to our Facebook group. Try and find, put it in the chat. Hey, I'm looking for people to be a part of a digital P PLC. And then find people on Facebook that can, like you can meet up in a Zoom after this. Like, or like maybe after Sunday night teacher talk, we meet up every Sunday for an hour and we're going to do stuff together. And if that doesn't work out, like just let people know that like they're not the right fit for it. But like, I just think that if you were doing that, now you're on some next type time stuff where you're not even required. You're not even waiting on people at school, but you're getting this stuff done and you're doing it right. And you're doing it with people that see things the way you do anyway. Sorry, that was a really long answer. That's all right. Uh, Kristen is next over on Facebook. She says, hello, third year teacher, first year department chair. Oh. Any advice, especially about trying to motivate other teachers, keeping them focused during PLCs and trying to have data driven focus. Uh, so I think Kristen, being, I, I would look at some stuff on being a leader. Uh, I think um, looking at like, what's the book? Seven Habits of, uh, look up anything by John Maxwell, right? So like, this is going to be like, uh, and they have audio that goes along with this too. So even if it's podcasts, you go to Apple podcasts and look up anything 
by John Maxwell. And I would say the other one is, and these guys are both Christians. So even if you're not church, this is a good move because they don't, they're both of their thing. Like John Maxwell comes from church leadership, but he doesn't uh, like, he's not talking about the church. He's talking about leadership in general. The other one is um, I'm going to forget how to spell his name. Craig Groeschel. I think it's G R O C H E L. He has very, very short podcasts and they are immediately applicable because it, for any leader and to look, we're all leaders. Even if you're a teacher, even if you're the crossing guard, um, you drive the school bus, like you were all leaders. So it's those two folks looking up anything on them is going to help you to start building that leadership capacity that you're going to need to lead your people. Um, I think the other thing is one of the things I want from a leader all the time is, is someone that's going to listen to me and someone's going to help me with what's going on that PLCs are not, I think sometimes, and I've been in them where they're used to like people just sit there and like complain about kids and they, it's like an extension of like the teacher's lounge. I'm not interested in that. What I'm interested about is like, what are our objectives? And then how are we going to get to them? Let's do this in the shortest amount of time possible so that we can like really work on something um, together. So I love really short PLC meetings. So uh, that that just helps me to like, because because folks have enough to think about and, and are worried about things and are anxious about things. So it's like, what are you doing um, today that's going to help me go back to class. It's going to help me tomorrow. It's going to help me with this next parent that I have to talk to. So those are some of the things I would think about. But, you know, I, other than that, look, I, maybe think about who do you um, wish had been your your uh, department chair the last two years, right? So like what what things did they do right? What did they do wrong? And then talking to the other department chairs in the school also to see like, like, for real, for real, how are you rolling things out and how are you implementing things? And um, and like trying to get a sense of like, do other people like that? So maybe sitting in on their meetings just as someone that's like trying to learn how to be a better leader. Uh, I think that that's, that's how I would do it. Don't, don't recreate the wheel. Again, it's like go and see how other people are doing it and go, oh, that's a great idea. We should do it that way and then do it that way. Our next question comes from uh, Lisa. She's asking, I'm now in my fifth year at my school. I have no idea what half of the, or I have no idea who half the faculty are. I cannot tell you their name, what they teach, if they are a sub. I introduced myself to a teacher who was so bothered as he told me he had been teaching there for 30 years. I don't need to be everyone's friend. I just want to acknowledge the humans around me. What do you, what do you suggest? So this is a, I, I always say this is a great question, but they are great questions. Um, you know, at least I think some teachers don't want friends. They don't want to know who you are. They don't want to be your buddy. They don't care that you have kids or that you have an interest in them. Uh, I spoke at a school recently where I ran into a teacher that like just didn't want to be in my talk, didn't want to be in my sessions. And I could just the vibe was so evident. But for me, I'm, I, I like when everybody likes me. And when someone doesn't like me, it's kind of like game on. Like, I'm, I will win you. I will buddy the elf you to, to, to liking me. Um, and in recent years, I've really gotten away from that where I would normally in the past, I would have seen someone like, and I'm not saying you do this, but I'm just saying like, this is, this is where my head goes first. What, what I'm not doing, what I'm not interested in is seeing who doesn't want to do what I want to do and then forcing them or, or like, oh, that's the person I'm going to fix. Instead, I just look for people that are fun. I look for people that do want to do it. And sometimes the best way to do that is to just, it, it is showing up and trying to be um, as much of a light as you can in a sometimes dark place. So it is, how are you pouring into yourself so that you can show up and you are just saying hi and you detach yourself from the outcome? Right. So it's like giving someone a present. When I give someone a present, I don't like go over their house the next time and see if they're using it. Where'd you put it? Is it in the closet, in the attic? Did you return it? My, what I'm doing is an expression of care. And that's giving you a gift. What you do with that gift is completely up to you. I, I'm detached from the outcome. So it is as best as you can detaching yourself from the outcome and then thinking about 
what can I do this week? Like I actually think about this stuff. When school's hard, I'll think I'm going to go in and try and make two other people's day better. Um, I went to Dunkin' Donuts the other day at school because I go to Dunkin' Donuts every single day and I just got an extra coffee and I brought it back for a friend. And like, because I just saw that they were tired and I was like, hey, look, I think this is how you like your coffee. I got, I just grabbed you one. Um, I, uh, the deal that I did with Staples, I have like a ridiculous amount of expo markers right now. So the other day, like I just um, bundled them up and like put them on different people's desks with uh, a little note, like, hey, thought you could use this. So it's just showing up and, and, sharing your goodness i think that immediately makes people attracted to what you're doing and who you are so sometimes it's not just looking for people it's it is how do i become the type of person that people would want to hang out with or that would attract the right kind of people to who i am because you will have people attracted to you that are like we call them egrs uh extra grace required they're people that like they they need it more than a normal amount of attention or care or whatever. And sometimes that's dangerous. So it's like, like being careful of who you're navigating yourself towards. But um, yeah, I think that that's the thing. And look, even if you only have one person, I've had times where I felt like I, it was just me and one other person, we were going in alone. And this is the this was the gig. Uh, that's pretty good. You know, it's it's better than dancing oh, by yourself. For sure. All right. Uh, next question from Allah. I think it's pronounced. Um, We're terrible with names. I apologize. I know. No, I used a little pronouncey thing. I so I have an app on my phone. <laughs> it's called Pronounce. You can type anything yeah. in there, and it and it reads it to you. It, you sometimes speak. those are like I'll say someone's name. Like I know, and it I'm told me the end was silent, so I don't really know if the end is silent or not. And I'm like, that does that's not what they said. Like <laughs> they'll be like, no, that I was. Know. That was Google. That was not, that's not oh, real. It, anyway, anyway. Anyway, he's asking, what if you start the year with a back spasm? Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, you know, it's it's terrible. I, so let, let's say this. What if you start the year with a migraine? What if you start the year with, uh, you're just not in a good headspace and you feel kind of depressed? What if you have postpartum? What if you have, um, you know, you're feeling, uh, run down, super tired. You have low vitamin D in the middle of the school year and you're, and you're exhausted. It goes back to that self-care piece. So it's like, if I have a back spasm, I'm going to go get a massage. Um, I'll tell you this, our school gives a hundred or they used to, I don't know if we still do. We didn't have the healthcare people come in this year and talk to us. That's because it's not changing. Interesting. Um, anyway, we, um, we had a hundred dollar incentive that teachers were given to like, you could just go do anything for your health and wellness. So like if you want to pay a hundred dollars towards your gym membership or get a massage and then you just brought in the receipt and then got, they like comped you for it and no one was using it. Like all of my friends from school weren't using it. And I was like, what? and I didn't even, the first two years I was like, I don't have time for that. But then I was like, why don't I go do this? Why don't I just go book an hour long massage? It's a hundred bucks and then go do it. And if you go to somewhere like Hand in Stone, the first one's like way cheaper anyway. So I just went there once and got like the $60 gig. And it was like for, you know, it was a $100 massage for $60. So it's doing something that's going to care for yourself. Because a lot of times, like I know things like back spasms or like if you tweak your neck and like it's all tight and stuff, that's just your body's way of of trying to protect itself. Like it's holding on like, Oh my gosh, this might be so horrible. And you have to remind it to release. So it's looking at your own self care. It's looking at exercise, meditation. It's looking at going and getting, you know, whether it's that or whether it's getting like going to a cryo chamber or, you know, a sensory deprivation tank or any other weird crap that I like uh, it's doing that or cupping. <laughs> I like that. I like acupuncture. Okay. That stuff's it's horrifying really looking. It is. Cupping like is like whenever that. someone puts it on Instagram, I'm just like, oh my gosh, please never show me that again. It looks horrible. It is horrible looking, but I feel great afterwards. Who thought? What was that? What did that scenario look like when they were like, I have this idea? I'm your sure back there's hurts. massive. There's Let's put some from... cups on you and suck your flesh up. That's some Chinese medicine. Yeah, but but I'm just saying, like, what did that meeting look like when they were like, I got an idea? It's probably older than you think. Certainly it is. Um, and apparently it works, but I'm just saying like, it's just, sometimes we get ideas where we're just like, this is the move. And it's like, 
you're first. Like, like who, who they get to do it first? I was like, I'll do it. Cut me. Okay. Elm anyway. is asking advice for figuring out what your true role in education is. Working towards teaching is logical is a is logical step to a lot of folks early on, but education has such a brunette, uh breath. Breath of role. Yeah. So um great profile picture also. Uh I think this is this is an important question. Um, it's about feeling what you're uniquely, I just think it's listening to intuition. I'm going to be honest with you. I think that's the the thing. I think that's the sixth sense that we all have that we don't listen to. And I will say, this is something like any mom could tell you, like moms have even more than dads, like, and, and I'm not just trying to like gender role people here or something like that, but moms that I've met, they always have a sense of like, should I do this? Should I not do this? Does the kid need to be fed? Like anytime my wife was like, the school wants to do this, but I just feel like this is the move. Or I just feel like we should get a speech therapist for Brody when he was little. Or I just think we should go have like a neurologist, like check him out. Or I just think that whatever it was, it's always, always right. Now, look, are we always going to be right when we're taking these kind of like, uh, like listening to our intuition and guessing? No, because sometimes, I don't know, it just doesn't work out. But I think the majority of the time it does. So it's getting a job in education and looking around and figuring out like, where could I best serve people? So I will say for the first, until a few years ago, um, I just thought I would teach forever. I just never wanted to move into administration. I never wanted to be an assistant principal, a grade level chair, a principal, a dean. I've been asked many, many times if I was interested in like being groomed to move up I'm just not interested in it. Um, I don't even have my master's because it took me so long to get my bachelor's. And then I was just like, no, I just want to do this. Like I want to put all of my time and energy into my classroom and not split it with doing some sort of program. That that was me. But that was me knowing, having a sense of what I was called into next. And now I know that the next 20 years of my life is not going to be in the classroom. It's not going to be as a traditional teacher role. I just know that that's not going to happen but that's because I'm seeing gaps in education. I'm seeing um, the same sort of unique spaces, like these white spaces opening up or like um, a lack of leadership in, in certain areas that there's there are gaps of things that I think, no, I could do that. I could help with that. I could I could make things better, like in a, in a bigger way by focusing on that and helping teachers. So I think it is, it's doing that. But, uh, you know, I... So that's what I'm thinking about is like just following your intuition and looking around for those unique roles and responsibilities, but doing things you think you should say you should be a part of and not just signing up for things because someone asked you to do it. Like saying no, like I had a video about this recently is just as important, if not more important than saying yes. I say no to 90%, 90% of what I'm asked to do. That's with brand sponsorships. That's with things that I get asked to do in school. That's by things my own children ask me to do. 90% of it, I just say, no, that's not what I'm, that's not how I want to use my day today to do that. Uh, so, yeah. Next question comes from Andrea. What do you do for colleges that take forever, like days to answer emails about students or policy? Thanks. Uh, so I did a job with a company last year and I don't, they use some, it was a big, it was a big giant company. So they often use a third party to send emails and stuff like that. Some of those folks are great and some of them aren't as good. Um, the company that we worked with used this woman who was so good at like the response, like, so if I didn't get back to her on time, she would just say, Hey, um, I just wanted to keep this at the top of your inbox. So I'm just gonna, I just wanted to email you again, you know, but see my, my previous email for like, uh, for what I was emailing you for, or, um, a mentee that I had yesterday, who's quite possibly on here, uh, sent me two gentle reminders yesterday because I had said, and which I'm glad because I, I told her during our mentoring session, I was going to send her something as soon as we were done, like my attention was called somewhere else. And then I was doing something else and I forgot. So she just sent uh, a follow-up email that said, gentle reminder that I was just asking you know, like, uh, that, you I, that, yeah, you said you would do this. Um, that is what I would do. 
I think the the rule, my rule of thumb for my business, and I, I don't know if this is a general business practice, is 48 hours. I have 48 hours to respond to an email, and then that's, I think, professional. Unless it's an opportunity that's really unique, then I want to get back to them as quickly as possible. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd say just getting back to them and saying, hey, just want to keep this at the top of your inbox or gentle reminder. I do the same thing with text messages also. Uh, so that I think those two things work great. That woman was so good at that. And I she never was. felt. I love that little trick. Just the, that verbiage of like, just wanted to put it at the top yeah. of your inbox. Because it's not threatening. It was, no, it's, it's not really accusatory. Kind of it's not like, like oh, bro, you're going to get. Because I want to answer and say, bro, you're going to get back to me? Like, bro, it's been three days. Like, I texted you last week. Like, what's going on? Um, and saying gentle reminder or just putting it at the top of your inbox. I liked that. All right, our next question comes from Mallory. How do you come to the decision to part ways with a school? I love my students and don't want to abandon them, but my admin has become so toxic and unsupportive where I'm in constant fear of losing my job. So Mallory, I this has mm-hmm. become, I used to think, because uh, look, all of my heroes, all of like some of, all of my heroes, all right, it's, it's the majority, I would say, you know, Mother Teresa didn't leave Calcutta when it got hard. She just rode that thing out, man, like forever. Like Gandhi didn't like leave India when it got hard. He like dug in deeper. Um, you know, Father Gregory Boyle didn't leave South Central Los Angeles just because there were more killings and there was all this like there were problems and riots and, and things going on. He stayed the course. So a lot of my heroes are like that. But I do think that it is. um it is we we sort of worship that idea as a culture a lot of times. And I, you know, like I've said before, here's here's what's gonna happen. Let's say you leave that school, right? You're not giving up on kids, you're not cutting ties with children. You can still keep up with those kids. You could visit them, you could go there, but maybe those people were there for a season of your life. I am someone that like I would I would often refer to myself as someone that collects friends. I like making friends and having them forever. But as I've gotten older, I realized that used to hurt used to hurt me that like people would fall away or they wouldn't get back to me anymore. I felt like, oh, I guess like, are we still doing this? Like, we're still hanging out in doing that. I've later realized that, no, you were here for a season. Like you were here for a part of my life and that even when we're teaching children, children are coming in and out of our classrooms every year. Right. But but like, cause they're on their own path. And so like Mary Poppins, you drop in for a season, you do what you're there to do. And then you take off and then you go help someone else because all kids need great teachers. And so sometimes look, I'm someone that believes that things happen for a reason if your school gets to a certain point, you feel unsupported, you don't want to really go to school, it makes you feel anxious, it's giving you those sort of vibes, going somewhere else, you have no idea what kid you need to show up for there. You have no idea what child is on the same trajectory and that just because you switched those schools and went through the whole process and you got to somewhere, I guarantee you that first week that you're in school, you will meet a kid and you're going to realize this is why I'm supposed to be here. This is my new assignment. And so this idea of staying somewhere for 30 years, although it's great and I love it and I hate teacher turnaround and I want people to just stay and ride it out with me. Um, I just know that like that's that was our season. And now, like, just like David Lee Roth was in Van Halen, I wish he had just stayed in Van Halen forever. You know, that was the season. And then Sammy, Sammy Hagar came along. And no one understands that. Except for so James P. I am moving on. Okay. Stephanie Shook is asking how end. to get a parent to buy into having Chromebook at home to complete assignments. We are one to one, and a lot of teachers are moving to an all to all digital now. This parent does not want text sent home. Uh, so yeah, okay. Um, all right. So I don't. It, it's about when when something like this comes up. I find that the best way to to connect with the parent is to you want to enter into this conversation with curiosity. Right. So don't just go into it like we know that, like, probably what you're thinking about, probably what you want to do is the best move. But convincing someone or getting them to see your point of view is not about just telling them your point of view and then giving them all the data points. It's about entering into it with curiosity and saying, like, okay. Um, I'm just curious if I could ask because I want to be able to meet certain needs and and see where you are and what what's what's okay and what's not okay in your house. Um, 
why why are we saying no to the Chromebook coming home? Um, why, you know, and and then actually listening. I, I would say it's it's worth it to go to your admin and and ask them like I don't know what I'm supposed to do for this. Like the school has to have some sort of like policy at saying like why what students should be or have to be doing, but it's also then building another curriculum or, or another, it's like, okay, well we could do it this way then. But what I find is that the alternative is what, like making packets and sending things home. And if the kid loses the packet, now they're in, now they can't find it. And then it's handing it back in. And what if we're not in school for a long time? And I, you know, I don't have it. Like now the parent has to like come to the school and like, de like deliver it or something. Cause we've been out because of COVID or whatever. My guess is sometimes that create building that alternative parents see no actually this is just easier we're just going to do we're just going to take the chromebook home but it is i think building that conversation and then asking your admin like your curriculum supervisor your department head your grade level chair like what are we doing when parents are saying this like what what's that and then give them the problem not all problems are for teachers to come up with even though we feel like that like they might you know, certain administration might make us want to feel like that. Like this is your thing to deal with. And it's like, no, it's not. How are we helping this child succeed? The mom doesn't want a Chromebook at home. Um, and then really, like I said, really listening to parents because they might have a really good reason for that. Like, and I don't know what that is. I could sit here and, and speculate. Like, but I just know that like, even our guys working online last year, there were tons of kids that had crappy internet or they had seven people in the house pulling from the same internet or they or it was too loud or it was a distraction or the kid's going to use the computer to play games and you don't want them to like, there are all these other things. So it's really about being curious and listening to what parents are need also. One last question. Cool. All right. Our last question comes from John. What are your thoughts about worksheets? It seems like a lot of teachers have a crush on them. Do worksheets really help grow kids? Their brain. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, I, I think, you know, John, this is a great question, right? So like it, it goes along with like TPT, right? We're like, there are these, uh, it's like, are we doing packets? Are we doing worksheets? Like what's like, what's, uh, you know, and, and a lot of the things that, that we do in school come from a place like standardized testing. Standardized testing is like so lazy because it's like, we created the standardized test and it's like, who's the standard? Like who's like, we made it for the average person. So what if we have kids that aren't average? What if kids are above level? What if they struggle or they have some sort of learning difference? Um, so I think worksheets are fine if they're helping kids grow and learn and reach their potential. If they're not figuring out another way to do it. So I have classes that like this year, we want to homogenize things in our school a bit more and every class has to have tests. I'm just not going to do it that way. I will assess students i will assess them every day every week and every five weeks for like a, um for like the unit but i um am not going to do it as like a standardized test in every class some kids a project is part of it some kids do have to write essays and things of that nature for it some kids i do use multiple choice um but then even it's about asking yourself why are you doing what you're doing so multiple choice tests in my class look like a series of things, but they all mirror what you're going to see on the SAT or the ACT. So there's the same number of answers. I structure my answers in a similar way. I use certain language in the questions. Um, there's always a close reading portion. So it's like when you're reading this, it's about learning how to interact with the text and not just answering like, um, like, did you understand sort of questions, right? So I'm not just looking for comprehension. I'm looking for a child to be able to analyze something, to be able to pull data out of something. So it's, are, are your worksheets helping kids to grow and learn and to reach what you want them to do? So I think the way you figure that out is your final summative assessment should be created first and then you reverse engineer. Your whole year should be like that. It's like, you should start your year in, in September thinking, what do I want kids to be able to do in June? And then reverse engineer that scenario so that kids can meet those, those uh, mile markers that you have set out. And then that's even going to change down for kids, right? So like, I don't ever give a worksheet out. It's like, everyone has the same thing. It's like, 
some kids I word stuff different. Some kids I tell them they don't have to do as many. Some kids it's like, hey, you could draw your answer for this one. It's about creating something that is you. And that doesn't have to be a ton of work either. It's just knowing who your dudes are. And then when after you give out the work, it's like, yo, for this, this here's how I want you to roll this out. And then you're going to do the same thing over here. Can I see these four people real quick at my desk? Real quick, you're not in trouble, but you might be. But come back here anyway. So then um, letting them know what they're going to do. So it's 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 more like, you have, that's what I talk about. Like when I talk about my book, Teach Like a DJ, it is learning how to, to work the room and work the scenario and work the class and the particular students that are in that class to help them find success and to know that there are no silver bullets in education, that it's always about slight pivots and moving and, and stuff like that. Um, but that takes a lot of work. I mean, I, I just said it doesn't, but like um, overall, it is it is a lot of work. So that's why I cut out all the other stuff that I don't want to spend time doing because I'm busy helping students learn and grow and find success. Cool. I mean, there's tons of there. I'm sure there are, but it is, so it, it is it, this time of the year. I'm just feeling it. I'm like, this is one of those boundaries. It's like, I could literally stay on here and I love this stuff, so but I know this, questions. I know that I'm, I could literally sit on here for three hours and do this. And we've done that before, but then after three hours, I'm going to be so dead. And I'm gonna be like, oh, milk was a poor choice. It's like, <laughs> I shouldn't have done this. So look, um, I have an idea coming up for the year that I'm thinking about, um, it might be interesting to actually see what people say about this in the chat. Um, I wanna start putting out more video content. So that's gonna be one recorded video a week that I'm gonna have come out. Then somewhere around Wednesday or Thursday, I'm gonna do what I would do in a regular video, but as a live. So I'm gonna like walk through like, here's how I lesson plan. Here's how um, to deal with like difficult students that are coming back and having a hard time reassimilating into into school, like in, in a live realm what happens when you get sent back to virtual and then back to school and then back to virtual um but doing that as a live and then doing like a brief q a after that as well so that's just something we're planning on thinking about um that won't happen this week because it's my first week back at school and everybody knows that you're basically dead to the world and you come into your house and look like you were out drinking all night and pass out on your living room floor and your kids think you have an alcohol problem, but really you just have a teaching addiction and it's killing you. Um, so that's where we're kind of going with that. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, but that's it for this week, gang. If you need anything else, you can follow us on social. Um, and I'm putting out stuff all the time there. Or just go to realwrapwithreynolds.com and be happy to help you with anything that I can. I hope you have a great week. There's that's a newsletter it. if you haven't signed up, but that's where you'll hear about all new things first. Yeah. We'll always go out in the newsletter. When the so. newsletter's out. It's been, it's been like three months, but that's because there's stuff going on. So we will try to get that. Uh, my plan is to have that happen in September again and then yeah. onward every month and forever. So that's it, gang. Have a great week. Peace. Hey.